0: That's solid. That's
1: not veneer. That's solid stuff.
0: Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again.
2: Keeping you up to date with the latest in American soccer, and don't forget to subscribe. Good day to everybody! It's Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast. Stephen Jodder and and we got a cool episode for you.
3: Yeah, we do. We have former U.S. National Team player, U.S. Soccer Hall of Famer, L.A. Galaxy color commentator Kobe Jones joining us to talk about the L.A. Galaxy and the Noisy Neighbors, LAFC. Mm-hmm. We also talked to Atlanta United Supporters Group president, the Terminus Legion president, Austin Long, to talk about Atlanta United and their fan base they've created in that first year. Two great
2: interviews on two different sides of the spectrum. One's MLS talk, one's kind of supporters talk. But Armand, all week long, we've been teasing, teasing a little announcement, but it's actually a really big announcement. We have signed a sponsorship deal.
3: Yes, we signed a sponsorship deal with Away Days, and I found Away Days as I was looking for jerseys that are kind of not that expensive. You know, I have a jersey collection, 15 jerseys in my closet, just waiting to be used uh, day in and day out. Away Days is actually really cool. Their number one bestseller, actually, is a mystery kit, which... It's a kit that you know nothing about until you actually open it, which is actually pretty cool, if you're asking me. And it's only 25 bucks for an authentic kit?
2: Like, you can't beat that anywhere else. No, it's, it's really cool. So go to WadeDaysFootball.com. Buy what you need to buy. Get a $25 soccer jersey. You're not going to find that anywhere else. Type in at checkout promo called Uncle Sam. Receive an additional 15% off. It's a great deal. So it's a win-win. A really good quality product for a very great price, and then receive an additional discount. Awaydaysfootball.com. Check them out. Armand, let's just get straight to Kobe Jones. Mm-hmm. Joining us right now is LA Galaxy Legend, US Soccer Hall of Famer, and current color analyst for the galaxy, Kobe Jones. Kobe, how are you doing? I'm doing fabulous. Thanks for having me,
3: guys.
2: Kobe, the MLS season
3: is actually like right around the corner. I didn't realize this, but it's actually in a week. Are you excited for the start of the season?
0: Yeah, I I I'm excited. I'm surprised that you're that you are surprised that it's only a week away yeah everything's been been gung-ho for a lot of teams it's already started with CONCACAF Champions League I mean they're they're full bore into it so yeah everything that is is going on right now it's got me excited and geared up
2: do you think this is going to be the uh, biggest MLS season yet
0: uh as far as biggest MLS season I mean it depends on what you what you're thinking as far as the size factor i guess i think it's going to be big as far as the numbers and people watching and the interest but we haven't had i i think levels like this and well ever because i think it's a sport that's exponentially growing here but i mean this is what you want to see you want to see it grow and grow and i think as more teams come in the competition gets better
2: and better and it attracts more people well let's talk about your la galaxy what are your thoughts with this New team from last season. Well, I mean, are, you want to hear about
0: last season, or you want to hear about where they're going? Well, I now? mean, where are they going? Cause last <laughs> season,
2: they finished last. They were a complete dud. How's this transition been?
0: Oh, the, the transition has been uh, a, a difficult one. I think, and more so for some of the players that you know, obviously got let go from last season to this season. I think it's a necessary transition, though. we talk about uh, the, the LA Galaxy and where they were, like you said, they finished last and obviously not good. The way I look at it, the only way they can go is up, you know, from there. It, it's been uh, a process, whereas Ziggy Schmidt took a, quite a bit of time and his staff to kind of figure out where things were going. They've started to make that transition. As you can see, they made a, a, a ton of moves, you know, mm-hmm. in the off season, which have really, uh, I, I think, are really going to help the team push to be even more dangerous than they were before, because they were always dangerous offensively. They just couldn't, they didn't have that one finisher. And then on the defensive side, I think they're shoring up things in the back to not be such a sieve in that back line. So, which offseason
3: signing are you most excited about?
0: Well, I was a, I was a, a, a midfield forward, so I'm going to go Ola Kamara. I mean, mm. uh, he's an out and out goal scorer with his time at Columbus, and and, and as I mentioned, you look at the L.A. Galaxy last season and you actually look at their play rather than their record, they actually still dominated teams, created a, a ton right. of chances, had a lot of possession, but just couldn't finish. And then they would give up, you know, a, a silly goal mm-hmm. or and then just fall apart at the wrong time. So now that they have Ola Kamara, that you look at it, you know, he lives for the 18-yard box. That's where he wants to be. You're going to see a Galaxy side that will continue to dominate in the midfield and hold possession. But now they have that goal scorer that can put the ball in the back of the net. Now it's how to, to use him to the best of the abilities. how to incorporate him into the likes of the Dos Santos brothers and Alessandrini and others to really have them all on the same page.
2: What could be the biggest challenge facing this squad and this team this upcoming season?
0: The biggest challenge is going, to be, is going to be to see how
2: quickly they can gel
0: as a team. When you have so many changes from one season to the other, it's very difficult you know, to really to, to come together and be um, a team and, to, and more importantly in what the Galaxy has is expectations to be a competitive team. You know, you look at the back line and and the changes that they're going through, I I think there's only going to be, you know, two possibly maybe just one player starting from what we saw last season. Now those new players all have to get, you know, on the same page. The new goalkeeper, it looks like, is going to be starting in David Bingham. You know, you have a defensive midfielder, new defensive midfielder in Perry Tension. So that back six, how are they going to gel to really shore things up in the back?
3: I felt like a lot of the time, whenever we I saw the Galaxy play, that uh, Drini was actually not talked about as much within MLS, but I think he had a phenomenal season. How do you think Drini is going to benefit from a uh, goal scorer such as Kamara being added to the lineup?
0: Well, that's a good question, and I would agree with you. I don't think he was talked about enough or got all the laurels that he probably should have for what he did on a team that was struggling. Um, I I would like to think, and I think most people would think, that it's only going to help that more attention will be put mm-hmm. on others, so he can actually have a little bit more freedom, you know, to uh, create an attack and and be that player, that winger that comes in and you know gets on the ends of crosses, but also puts the ball in the back of the net with some of those with that fabulous left foot of his. So uh, I'm, I'm expecting more from him, and I have a feeling that he's the type of player that that tends to live up you know, to
2: everybody's expectations. What type of pressure is on Shiggy Smith this upcoming season?
0: Uh, I I think there's going to be pressure on him, of course. I wouldn't expect it to be too much. I don't think it should be. I mean, he comes in at half a season, takes over a team that was was in last place and struggling. And I don't think there's going to be a ton of – look, you're at the LA Galaxy, there's always going to be pressure. But I don't think, you know – that it's going to be too much, and I say that because I've seen the moves that he's made already, and most of the moves are things that people like. I, don't, I, I look at the team, and I just go, okay, this is a team that's going to do very well. Now, unless there's a, a complete collapse of the Galaxy, uh, I, I don't think he's going to be in too much, have too many issues or too many worries, because I have a feeling you're going to see Galaxy at least middle of the road and up, probably from the looks of it making the playoffs.
3: No, absolutely. I mean, I feel like a playoff with the LA Galaxy is a lot more is a lot more fun than uh, them look on the outside looking in. But can you talk about uh, their draft pick that they had, uh, Tomas, Hilliard, Arce? I mean, I've been reading a lot of things. Uh, it seemed like uh, he was a con- uh, one of the consensus top players, and and he was a pretty good college player. But what are the Galaxy's expectations uh, for him going into the season?
0: Well, look, I mean, don't don't. Uh... Uh, how do I put this? Look, there's always hype when you score a couple goals. Look, preseason is preseason. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 I don't want there to be all this hype that, okay, he's the, the second coming. But he has talent. And one thing that I, I've talked to Ziggy Schmidt about is, is when you talk about a player like Hilliard Arce, he's a defender, so there's an easier transition going from college mm-hmm. to professional in that position. But he has all the abilities. He has all the skills to make it at the next level. And we've seen it on the offensive and defensive side. And I've seen it, as I've, i called some of those college games where he was playing up at Stanford. You know, he has the talent. And talking to Ziggy, one of the things that is important to remember, that you have a team in college, you know, that has won three championships in a row. You know, there's probably some talented players on that side. And I think that's one of the reasons they made sure they went out and got Hilliard Arce to be one of those players that could
2: help solidify and get right. depth at back line. Kobe, let's talk about one of the biggest names in world soccer, and that's Slatnan Ibarimovic. He's been linked with the LA Galaxy. Do you know anything of this potential move? I know some things, but I can't tell you. You <laughs> <laughs> uh, can't leave us hanging like that. <laughs> That's the whole point, right? It's yeah. Like that, just get people talking again. <laughs> well, is it is it a wink? Are you winking at us? I, we can't see you, so is it is it one of those winks? You know, can't tell you. Uh,
0: you, you can't see what I'm doing.
2: Oh, no. Sorry, my
0: bad. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, he's a talented player. I mean, uh, I mean, if, what wouldn't that be amazing if Zlatan Ibrahimovic, you know, comes to the LA Galaxy? I mean, I think I think that. I think everybody would have something to talk about, right?
2: Absolutely. And I'm sure
0: Slotin would have a lot to talk about too. You
2: know? <laughs> <laughs> for sure. But what would that mean for the LA Galaxy with bringing a name like that?
0: Well, it, it, it would be absolutely huge, you know, for the Galaxy. I think within the the soccer world, it is it is uh, it it would be a, a a pinnacle move for the Galaxy for sure, because everyone within the zo- soccer world knows. Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Now, outside of that, I don't, I don't know so much. I don't know how much that's going to attract for the layman, you know, so to speak. But that being said, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, just look at his quotes over the years. He would do and say enough that I think he would transition and start attracting others. <laughs> yes. You know, there yes. would be a lot of talk to him from uh, local TV to whatever. I, I I don't know. He'd probably say they need to name the, the Staples Center after me or something. <laughs> that's like uh, that's his style, you know, and it, I think it would be interesting.
2: Do you think that the Galaxy – what are the expectations for the season? You said playoffs, but could they do some damage, Uh, you know, beyond maybe the U.S. Open Cup or sneak into a playoff and be a team that nobody wants to play?
0: I, I, I truly think so. I would agree with that. I, I always think, you know, for the, for the most part, for the majority of the LA Galaxy, it's always been a team that no one really wants to play. I've now, given, yes, over the past year or so, there, there was a change where people said, okay, we can, we can put it on the Galaxy for a bit. But even in those games, when the Galaxy were on fire, you could see that they couldn't be stopped. Because as, I, as I've mentioned a hundred times, Teams mostly scored on the Galaxy through counterattacks and fast breaks because they dominated. The Galaxy dominated so much of the possession, it, you know, it, it was it was unseemly. Sometimes calling these games, going, "Do something, get the goal now. You need to do something <laughs> about it." And they would always get countered on and scored, scored on, and then fall behind. You know, that was a lot of the issue. So it's almost one of those things. You just need a tweak here and there. Because most coaches would tell you that they would love to have the ball the majority of the time. Now can we just finish it? You know, now if the Galaxy could have that finisher in Ola Kamara, if they've made enough changes in the back Mm -hmm. and they can gel and solidify, all of a sudden you've got a team that hasn't just made the one tweak or two, that they've made like three or four, they could really, you know, do some damage within the league.
3: Now, Kobe, I know... We all know this, actually. It's a it's a World Cup year. I mean, I was gonna say I know, but it's a World Cup year, and we know the MLS plays through the world. Uh, well, they take a break? But the World Cup will still have some sort of impact. How does it? How if it does? has an How does it have an impact on the squad selection? Also, the, the team dynamics. I mean, you at least expect the Dos Santos brothers. I mean, to get called up. Uh, it, uh, what kind of impact uh, do you think it has on? Uh, the team and the squad selections? I think it's
0: going to be, uh, you know, difficult for the Galaxy. You're going to lose a couple of players and lose a few players. And, and I think that's going to happen to a lot of teams around the league as we see more uh, players from different CONCACAF teams and, and now some CONCACAF teams, you know, going into MLS. So that was is part of the import of having a deep squad. There's going to be, in this World Cup year, a lot of players are going to be called upon to step up at the right moment and to you know and to perform. You know they're going to have to make it so that you continue to play you know the same or better than when those players you know take off for the World Cup. And, it, and as you know, in a World Cup year, and people go, oh yeah, the, the World Cup you know it's like a, it's a month long and maybe like two or three weeks if, if you don't make it out of the first round. Well, no, it's longer than that because teams go in to their camp beforehand. You know probably about you know a few weeks beforehand, and then you have the tournament, men of teams do well, so you could see players gone for a couple of months. so you've got to make sure that your squad is not just the first 11 that it's, that it is a full 18 to 22 strong.
2: What about the players' mentality? How hard is it to judge or how is hard is it to tackle the upcoming season and then have the World Cup looming knowing that you know your performance will you know be judged?
0: Well, oh, I'll tell you this, and then you'll see it. Every player always seems to be a little bit fitter, <laughs> a little bit mentally stronger, <laughs> a little bit more excited in a World Cup year. You know, <laughs> There's always that belief that I need to be playing during the World Cup, and if I do well in the World Cup, you know what? The sky's the limit.
2: Right. Let's talk about the noisy neighbor uh, miles down the, the street. How has LAFC impacted the Galaxy in ways – in which we don't see.
0: I would say that's more of a a behind the scenes thing, right? You you see, you know, LAFC, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, branding everywhere, you know? So this is more of like the managerial side where it's like, okay, they're the noisy neighbors coming in, just saying, Hey, we're the top dog. They've got this, this beautiful new stadium that's coming in and that's in, 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 right in the downtown LA area mm-hmm. right off the USC. So yeah, they're making a lot of noise and they're, tr- they're trying to, you know, get a, uh, immediate effect on the LA community. Now I, I, I see them as being kind of, uh, they, they, they're, they're coming across as like, we're the hit young, um, the, you know, the, I guess the not non-conformative group, you know, that's what they're billing themselves, themselves as, But you know, I mean, if that works, you know, great. You know, if that works for them, that's absolutely fabulous. I, I always imagine they're going to have, you know, a significant fan base. I think L.A. is a city that can handle two teams, mm-hmm. you know, and we'll we'll definitely find out. And I think it's going to be interesting to have this team that comes in, you know, right away, and they've made some significant moves, you know, getting Bella on the team and everything, and to see how they – uh, you know, spar with you know with the with the galaxy. You know, it's a couple of coaches that know each other well. There's be some players that know each other well, uh, so it's going to be very interesting. Even some general managers that know each other well.
3: Now back back in around what 20 is 2010 back when Chivas USA was around I've, I've gone through and I was rewatching some uh, Chivas USA uh, LA Galaxy uh, playoff, playoff clips and I found it interesting before Chivas USA was uh, bought out and uh, sold and, and sold I mean they attra- uh, attracted quite a crowd and in that atmosphere At StubHub looked really exciting. Uh, Do you expect that same vibe, or do you expect something even better with LAFC coming in?
0: Well, I know LAFC is probably so is going to be so angry at you for for mentioning Chivas USA (laughs) in the same (laughs) sentence. They are trying to separate that as much as possible. Uh, Look, the Chivas USA experiment, I think everyone would agree, was a bit of a disaster. You know, Mm. I mean, you, you don't, you don't you know, you don't minimize your fan base, you know, right. so much. Where you just have, you know, you know, for all the Mexican fans, the only Chivas fans for, you know, for you're getting all the other Latino cultures that are out there, or all the American culture out there, you, you just minimize it. And the Chivas fans, the, the Chivas fans only think that it's the, the real Chivas is Chivas down in Guadalajara, not Chivas USA, you know. Mm-hmm. So you've got a, a small base. And when what you probably saw as far as their big games might have been the opening game or the game against the galaxy. That yeah. was always packed. Yes,
3: yeah, it was. That yes, was always, always,
0: always a rivalry. I can still remember to this day walking out with Jovan Kurofsky uh for the first game for against Chivas and we were going out for warm up and the stadium was packed already. You know, now that it never happened for me where you had, you know, StubHub full as everyone's cheering, you know? That that's that says something about rivalry in Los Angeles. Now, as as you know, the the team got sold, and you know, and then the actual thing got the the, the rights, I guess you should say, got sold. That's how LSC mm-hmm. wants to see it, and then they defuncted the team, um, and then come back later. I imagine along the same lines, we see. LA Galaxy and LAFC matched up. It's going to be a packed house. Hours before the game, you're going to see the two fan bases going at it in a in a competitive, friendly way. Nothing crazy, <laughs> I don't think. And it is and it's going to be uh, an, an adventure. You know, it's something that I want to see and be a part of. Just because you know you have. I think when we talk about LAFC and what they're doing, and you see the stadium, this is a team that's not here part time. This is a team that's here to stay. And now it's going to be between the Galaxy and LAFC to see who the dominant culture, the dominant player is going to be in Los Angeles.
2: Kobe, I know you got to get going here, but talk about the LA culture regarding soccer. It's very multicultural already, but what's it like from a, a soccer standpoint as far as culture? Yeah, it's,
0: it's a multicultural, multicultural, as you said, but I think it's got a heavy, heavy um, Latino effect to it, you know, and a little bit of that flair. You know, you have a, a culture in Los Angeles that has people from all around the world but heavily on the Latino side. Uh, looking at it, I think I think it's it's what we want to see, you know, in the future, I think, of, of US soccer. You know, this this base of getting ideas from every different culture and different background and taking the best and forming a team to compete at the highest levels. I don't agree with others out there that say multiculturalism uh, is a detriment to soccer in the United States, mm-hmm. not, not as far as I see it. I think this, that's the way of the United States and the way of the future. And I think we are, are smart enough and uh, brilliant enough to find a way to make it work for everybody to get the best of everything that we need to compete.
3: Absolutely. Well, Kobe, I want you, I want to thank you for joining us on the show today. And on the show, we do have a little section. where We have a shameless plug where you can plug away, where we can find you and all all your stuff. Where you, when you can tell us uh, when Zlatan is uh, <laughs> any more information on Zlatan. You know, just throwing that out uh, there. <laughs> but uh, just plug yeah. plug yeah. away everything where we can uh, hear from you and all that stuff.
0: Oh well, you can very uh, you know, on Instagram at Kobe Jones on the at Kobe Jones thirteen uh, Facebook, you know, Twitter. I'm on there at Kobe Jones, and uh, getting involved with the Evolve Project LA. You know, I think that's something everyone should check out, especially in the LA area, as we uh, focus on that a little bit, getting involved in helping build the sport in Los Angeles.
2: Well, Kobe, thank you very much. We we look forward to seeing you on the uh, game day broadcast. Thanks, guys.
0: Appreciate it. Thanks for having me.
2: Armand. Armand. Yeah. When Kobe Jones laughed and said, I know something, what was the first thing that went through your mind? Regarding the Ibrahimovic to LA Galaxy rumor.
3: Well, the first thing that came in my mind is Kobe Jones knows something. What well, he said, he which knows is, something, which so, which which means which means uh, if we're going to be reading his mind, that uh, Kobe Jones just confirmed uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic to LA Galaxy. <laughs> 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 he, so so so. Uh, so we just we just broke that news on Uncle Stan's Lager podcast. No, no, no. I mean, it means I I genuinely think that he's pr- probably going to come in the summer, which I, would provide a really interesting he, dynamic in LA.
2: He wouldn't say that if he weren't coming, or if the rumors, if he hears things of being more no than yes. Yes. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's it's, it's 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 honestly going to be an interesting dynamic because
3: he wouldn't even come in as a DP from the reports we were reading.
2: Not even that, Armada. I'm not even talking about what Ibrahimovic would do for MLS. I'm just talking about if he's coming or not. Kobe Jones, if you read into it, and I'm about to play it again. just Let me just play it back. I know some things, but I can't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can't leave us hanging like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's the whole point, right? It's yeah. You like that. Just get people talking again. <laughs> I just don't think you're going to sit there and laugh about it if he weren't coming. Because if you laugh about it, that means you're either covering something up or you're just kind of just like, just sit back and wait. Just he, He's going to come at some point. And I think the, the he's most likely going to come over the summer when he's done with Manchester United and see how the season plays out. They're still in the Champions League. Hell, if Manchester United crash out of the Champions League, I think he, comes, he could come sooner. I mean, it's going to be fun,
3: man. If Zlatan comes... So let me just say everyone that doesn't want him in their league are all liars. You all want Thought that, Man. This guy's a personality, a great guy. He is he would be so fun for MLS and LAFC would have to probably do something. Be like, okay, well LA Galaxy just got probably one of the biggest international superstars. We gotta do something now and make
2: a splash too. Provides That's- for a little fun competition. An arms race between LAFC and LA Galaxy. It's pretty dope. And it's it's a growing trend across the league with these inner rivalries. Obviously, you have the New York Derby, you have Cascadia Cup, even in Atlanta you have the addition of Nashville. Now, Miami, Orlando that that little section of the country is going to really be interesting to to follow. Your rivalries make everyone better. Really does. Speaking of Atlanta United, Armand, pretty expect big expectations coming up for them.
3: Yeah, they just made the biggest MLS transfer like ever in terms of Ezekiel Barco. And they were really expected to make a potentially deep run until they were knocked out by Columbus, who instead made that deep run. And their their fan base was immense. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. So, Steven, joining us right now is Atlanta United Terminus Legion president Austin Long. He oversees the day-to-day running of the organization, you can find a Terminus Legion on Twitter, at, the term, at Terminus Legion, and you can find Austin on Twitter, at AustinLong1974. Austin, how's it going today?
1: Pretty good. Uh, we, got, you know, we got Charleston tomorrow, and then we're about a week away from the season opener, so we're getting pretty excited.
2: Pretty excited right. is the word to be using, but Austin, <laughs> Atlanta might be the premier soccer city in, right now in America. How the hell did that happen?
1: Well, it's it's really interesting, and you know, I you know, I don't want to uh, upset our our fellow supporters in Seattle and, and around MLS, but uh, you know, Lane United is just it was just waiting to happen, and and you know, from the announcement to the. Uh, so the first game against New York Red Bulls almost a year ago, it just has been building, and I think a lot of people were waiting for this. Uh, like most people, I'm a I'm a transplant to Atlanta. I moved here about three and a half years ago, and, and while I've followed, followed soccer my whole life, uh, you know I've you know I'm a Manchester United fan. So you know I've had other ways to tap into my soccer fandom. But mm-hmm. for a lot of people in Atlanta, they've been like a lot of people they've been waiting their whole life for this and and this is just the uh it was just like it was like a dream come true for a lot of people and there's a lot of pent-up uh emotion and anticipation and uh you know the the game against the new york red bulls i think the people who were there will never forget that because it was just an amazing moment
3: at one point the national media was pretty much doubtful of atlanta atlanta's soccer scene and yeah, people saying that it wouldn't work down there, and people right now are even critical of Atlanta as a sports town. What was the feeling when you kind of just proved them all wrong?
1: I think I think inside the soccer community, it was not. We we were ready. Uh, I think outside, you know, uh, you know, Atlanta sports fans don't have the greatest reputation. Uh, that was especially uh, apparent to me from the outside looking in. Mm-hmm. But I think inside, a lot of us, what I found uh, as I started interacting with uh, with supporters was we have a wide range of of soccer, I don't know, references. You know, we have a lot of people who followed an MLS team or follow a European club. Uh, we were – fans were ready to do this. And, and inside the soccer community, I mean, we we were doing tipos for – um, we did one for Chattanooga. You know, we we drove 90 minutes north. <laughs> we played Chattanooga, and we combined with the hooligans. We did a two-part TIFO. We did a TIFO for the first game in Charleston. And we just hit the ground running because, you know, we have a lot of American outlaws too, uh, you know. And so uh, Atlanta is home to, like, over a dozen supporter groups for European clubs. Uh, so th- this is not you know, for a lot of people, this was not their first rodeo. So they just need, they just need a platform and, uh, they really delivered, uh, you know, from all the supporter groups, uh, Capos, TIFO, uh, the March to the match tailgate. I mean, we were ready. We just, you know, the dedicated, you know, the, the season tickets went through the roof, you know, and the, not all in the support section, obviously, but I think fans were just ready and they just want somebody to cheer. And, you know, once, Arthur Blank provided that. It, it was just time.
2: Now, Austin, we're a Dallas-based podcast, so FC Dallas is a really bad comparison. But when we go to the games there, I'm always <laughs> underwhelmed when it comes to fan passion. Just describe the day-to-day life as an Atlanta United supporter. Do you see jerseys on the regular across the city? Is it like what you see in Orlando where the, the purple signs and all that?
1: You know, it, it's, it's really crazy, because you do. You see, the, the magnets are on the cars all the time. Uh, people are wearing five stripes. Uh, you see a, somebody in a, a late jersey almost every day. Uh, it really has taken over the city. The billboards are, are really prevalent. They have uh, a couple now right uh, around Mercedes-Benz. Uh, they just uh, put the new one up. Uh, there's one of the drummers, uh, Zach uh, Zach McGee, he's on it. He's like side-by-side side with I want to say Vigalba, but it could be Martinez. Anyway, but, you know, Elaine United's marketing and, has really done a great job, and, and fans are excited. Fans, this is something where um, there's really been a lot of different outlets, too. Uh, podcasts, Reddit, uh, there's several Facebook groups. Uh, people are just talking about all the time. We have great Uh, Doug Robertson for, uh, Atlanta journal constitution, uh, provides excellent coverage. Uh, you know, there's just so much to talk about. I mean, there's like almost half a dozen podcasts now dedicated just to Atlanta United. And, um, it's, it's just insane. Like, you know, we have, uh, we have the, uh, for Terminus Legion, we have the home before dark guys. Uh, they've been to several of our poker tournaments. They were at the last tailgate. last year you know Mouth of the south uh which is the uh, dirty south soccer podcast um has been going for like almost 18 months now they were in it before you know even chattanooga they would just talk you know for a week you know a weekly podcast news and tidbits you know from kenwin jones being signed to the uh, kit release to you know where's darren eels going to next and and just people have taken to it in a way, I mean, like, you know, like SC Dallas, I know you guys, um, I was down there a couple of years ago and Dallas beer gardens were awesome. I stood with them and, and, you know, I, there's a couple different podcasts that, you know, I've heard from that area and it's just, you know, I, I, for whatever reason, you know, this is new and like people have taken it to a way that, that maybe other parts of the country haven't yet, but, uh, Like I said, people Atlanta United, or excuse me, soccer fans in Atlanta, were just waiting for a platform. I really believe that, and they have gone in, you know, head first, both feet. You know, pick your metaphor.
3: Now I was looking at your uh, bio on the Terminus Legion website. I said you moved in 2014 uh, to Atlanta, and you actually started attending a Silverback games. Did you ever expect something as you just described uh, back when you were just watching the Silverbacks play?
1: You know what, like, so for me, I'm a kind of a soccer nerd and I've, you know, I, I've been around the country and gone to other support groups. So when I moved down here, I was like, okay, the Silverbacks are what's playing right now. I knew mm-hmm.
0: that,
1: you know, at Lane, I was still a couple years away. And so I was like, Silverbacks, great. You know, uh, so I came from Michigan and, you know, uh, we had Detroit City and we had Lansing United. And by the time I left, there was like five NPSL teams there. So I knew, you know, about lower league soccer. and I really enjoyed it. And so I came here, there, you know, there was a Silverback. So I was like, that's, you know, I can go watch live soccer just like I did, you know, in Lansing or Detroit or whatever. And that's where I found Terminus Legion. And, you know, then I found out about Georgia Revolution, which is down the road. And uh, even, you know, it's Silverbacks. I mean, Silverbacks uh, have a couple good supporters groups. You have the Ultra, you have Ultras, you have West 109. I mean, they're passionate fans regardless of the size, there are passionate fans in and around Atlanta. And I believe there's passionate fans in and around the United States. And they you know, they're just looking for something whether it's, you know, this you know, a, an NPSL team or a PDL team or even, you know, even lower than that, say they're lower you know, their USAFA team or, or whatever. And you know, all the way to MLS. I mean MLS, you know, you get you know, there's forty thousand or twenty thousand or whatever. And so the you know the proportions might be different, but um, I think people I think soccer fans are, you know just like going to games and I think it has this it's a you know they a you can be a lot more ambitious and uh you know really really uh boisterous and obnoxious in a way that you can't be other sports and I think that really attracts people.
2: Austin, you got the Atlanta Falcons, you got the Hawks, you got the Braves and Atlanta United. Where's Ant- Atlanta United on on the chart? Are they first, second, third or fourth?
1: Yeah, it's it's really interesting. ninety two point nine is our local FM station and they uh, broadcast, you know, the lane night games and they're they're uh the radio personalities have really tried to engage the game. They're not uh, it's not superficial. They're really trying to learn the game, even if they're maybe not as familiar with it as they are, you know, breaking down the Falcon's depth chart. You know, they could probably go three deep and know exactly everything and, and maybe they can't do that with, you know, say who's you know, Escobar or Barco, maybe they can't do that, but they're really trying and and they put up these polls and they're trying to gauge it as well. It's real. Elaine is real or excuse me, Atlanta is in this weird kind of crossroads right now because like you had the Falcons, you know, two years ago, uh, they snuck into the playoffs again. They're, you know, if they're, if they're successful, they're going to be number one. I think it's going to be hard to overtake, but like the Hawks uh, last couple of years, haven't been great. The Braves moved. Uh, to Cobb County, which is outside, you know, downtown, and they they are like rebuilding in all capital letters. Uh, they really struggled last year, and uh, so the Lane Knight comes in, and you know, not only are they new, but they're success successful, they're dynamic, they're very exciting. Um, I think that's really one of the big uh, one of the the big pluses for this team is they're excited. They're not, you know, they're not new and they're playing like, you know, bunker mentality, park the bus, trying to survive. Uh, I would look at our friends in, in the North of Minnesota about that, but uh, you know, they they came in and you know, they tried <laughs> to express themselves and play attacking soccer. And they have these amazing young players, Almiron, you know, you look at their signings, right. You know, Almiron, they could have spent money on, you know, a more established player, but they went young. I mean, Vijalba, uh, Assad, uh, you know, you have Parkhurst in the, in the runaway. runaways there for, you know, say veteran leadership. But the rest of the guys are young. And, and, and like I said, they're exciting. And I would say they're number two. I, you know, again, I don't really follow the Braves and Falcons and hawks but i mean everyone's talking about lane united and not everyone's talking about the other sports i'll say that
3: i mean we talked about high powered offense i mean i was just looking at the uh the schedule from last last season and when mercedes bends open you have them beating fc Dallas 3-0 them being the revolution 7-0 a 3-3 draw with rival orlando city beating the galaxy 4-0 that that kind of entertaining soccer it, it tends to attract people that usually say that hey soccer is a pretty boring sport do you think that helped
1: yeah i mean like for instance like my boss came to the the game against what was it, orlando uh, at the Bend, the first game where we went for 70,000 right and he he you know he's, he's uh he's a real baseball guy you know he's like Braves through and through and his wife got him tickets and he went and he's like, "Oh my god, i what is I love this i'm I, how do i what do I do next? and And there's a lot of people like that, you know the people you know the casuals you know is like I think the bottom bowl is is set up for forty two five if I remember right you know we we've, we've got thirty five thousand season tickets, so I mean game day sales when it's not opened up, you know you really have to be you know you have to get in there fast and you have to know some people in secondary markets and whatnot." But when they open it up to seventy thousand, there's those you know extra twenty thirty thousand. Not only do you know people are buying the tickets, but like when they get in, they get hooked. I mean, in, after every you know the two games where it was uh, seventy thousand in the off season, people want to know how do I get involved. Uh, you know, they walk around the tailgate like, "What are you guys doing? How do I? What do I need to do to be part of this?" and it's just it's just an excitement that's been I think it's been building you know not only like the last say decade or or two decades but ever since the announcement people have just been waiting for this and, and it's just getting bigger and bigger.
2: Austin what on, on the daily action or the game day action is there something you guys do as, as a supporters group I know there's multiple supporters groups but how does it differ from other Type of sporting events in Atlanta, and then even just across soccer from what you see in England, Germany, Italy, Spain, to just even across the differences between Dallas, Atlanta, Seattle, Toronto.
1: Yeah, so you know, I've been to I've been to about a third of the stadiums, I think so far, uh, maybe ten. But anyway, you know, it's really interesting. You know, like Seattle and Portland they really can't tailgate, right, because of where their stadium is and, and other issues. Um, you know, Houston Dynamo, there was a little bit of tailgating. FC Dallas, you know, I know there's been, you know, you guys uh, have a couple places to pay, uh, tailgate.
2: There, there's an attempt you know, but then to tailgate.
1: You're... Right, 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 right. <laughs> there's uh, an so, you know, th- th- so uh, d- you know, it depends on the situation, right? And in the South, you know, tailgating, you know, sort of this college football culture People have taken, you know, soccer fans. You know, people love their sports. You know, regardless of what sport it is in Atlanta, and they sort of took the tailgating thing. And we've, I don't know, it's I haven't been to a tailgate on this level. I haven't, again, I haven't been to all MLS stadiums. Uh, but you know, like we went to Kansas City. A bunch of us went to Kansas City. You know, and they have they have a couple of beers set up, and they one or two people are grilling, and you know, it's kind of a mild tailgate experience. Uh, but like in Atlanta, we have like we have like two hundred spots blocked off, and we have like uh, four groups tailgating simultaneously, and that's just the recognized groups. There's other pockets all over the the parking lot that we we're, we're in. is called the Gulch, and it's right uh, next to Mercedes-Benz Stadium. And there's just there are people all over the place, and uh, you know we we have gr- uh, grills, we have food trucks, we have beer tents, uh, we have you know uh, small pitches, we have soccer tennis. Uh, we have TVs, you know, when the Falcons are on, we're watching the end of the Falcons game before we go into the to the soccer game. And it's just, it's it's it's, it's insane. I I mean, again, like I said, I haven't been everywhere in America, but I can't imagine uh, that there's a tailgate, anything like this in, in U.S. soccer culture right now.
3: Now, at the beginning of the season, you guys did start out playing in Bobby Dodd while waiting for the completion of the Benz. Can you talk about the difference in atmosphere between Bobby Dodd and Mercedes-Benz Stadium?
1: Yeah, that was a really interesting um, part of last year, a a really interesting chapter. You know, uh, everyone, you know, Mercedes-Benz gets announced. So you see these uh, renderings. and It's like, oh my God, this thing's amazing. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, they hit a couple of construction snags. So they're like, well, uh, we're gonna have to play in Bobby Dodd for a couple games, and then it became half the season. And everyone's like, "This sucks!" And it's getting, you know. Why do I want to go to Georgia Tech? And all the UGA fans got, you know, you know, all upset because they have to go to Georgia Tech. And you know, there was, there was like all this stuff that could have gone wrong. And the first game was a, a night game. Yep, it was a night game against Red Bulls. Yeah, and you, we were playing under the lights. You have the city in the background, and the noise in that place was amazing. I mean, it, it was really electric is like an understatement about what it was like. And from then on, you know, people stood for 90 minutes. Now, whether it's because they were excited or the bleachers suck or whatever, uh, they stood for 90 minutes. And it just created this environment to the point where when we moved to Mercedes-Benz, people were actually sad that they had to leave, had to leave Bobby Dodd. And they won a game there, you know, maybe one game there a year. I don't know if that will ever happen. But uh, it just really turned around. And, and Mercedes-Benz is different. It's totally different uh, in terms of the amenities and the, you know, the halo board. And it's just Mercedes-Benz, if you guys can get over here for a game, it really is a shrine. <laughs> and it's it's amazing. Uh, but Bobby Dow was something different. And I think in the end we appreciate the differences and, and while uh, maybe the noise is a little better, Bobby Dodd, um, you know, again, come July when it we're, we're in 72 degree comfort and not in 95 degree heat, you know, I'm, I'm for the 72 degree comfort. So <laughs> that's where I'm going to put my money.
2: Now, Austin, This upcoming season is going to be interesting to see how Atlanta United responds, because often with these expansion teams, you have a very big high expansion season, and then it kind of seems to fall apart. You just look at Orlando, it seems to have fallen a little bit flatter Uh, of recent years. NYCFC, you've seen attendance go down, in fact. But what do you think fans are going to react with the new additions and just being now at Mercedes Benz on the regular,
1: yeah, it's, that that is the the sixty four million you know the the million dollar question, right? So mm-hmm. you know, we've already had uh, roster turnover, right? Yamil Saad goes to DC United, Carlos Camona goes to Colo Colo, um, uh, and Stefan Walks has gone, uh, you know, went back to England. Uh, Mears as uh, I think, it's at Minnesota now. So we have roster turnover. Uh, but everyone's excited about Barco. Uh, so it, the team itself, I think they're still going to be exciting. I think we're still going to have some chemistry issues as we integrate Nagby and Barco, and, and we'll see how that goes. Um, I think the team's going to be exciting. I, I, I think they're a playoff team again. Um, I'm not sure if they are t- TFC level. I think if you know, Toronto does what they're supposed to do, it's going to be hard to catch them. Uh, but I think Atlanta, you know, if we can keep our players healthy and we have a more balanced schedule this year, I'm hoping that maybe we can get out of that fourth place game, maybe in the third. But I think we're, Atlanta and I is looking like a playoff team uh, on paper. In terms of the fans, I think it's going to be interesting. You know, we have a full season at Mercedes Benz. I think a lot of people, I know speaking for the supporters, we learned a lot last season about, you know, game day logistics and, and how we can improve. So I think. Uh, from that, I think uh, I guarantee you our TIFO and, uh, uh, and better. <laughs> and I think for the casual fan, they're going to be more, okay, this is what I can expect. Um, you know, in terms of when they go into the game, uh, what, what's gonna, what's gonna happen. Um, now, so, so the casual fan, I think will have a better experience. They're being more educated. I think they're going to enjoy the games more. And I, you know i i think that uh we really l a and i really go from strength to strength uh I'm not going to be bold to say they you know they're going to win MLS cup or anything but that's that's tough i mean you know t s c's been amazing and you know they all got knocked out in the conference finals right they were almost out you know, right while m s while m s cup was a great performance by them they you know they got a good you know, Columbus and New York Red Bull definitely challenged them. Uh, so to say they're just going to roll again, I think is that you know that's a dangerous uh, way to go. But I think you get in the playoffs and then you have to see what happens. I mean, you know, Elaine and I lost to Columbus. Now we could have lost that game two or three nothing, and we could have won that game two or three nothing. Uh, both teams had both both teams had chances. It was a really it was a much more open game than I think a lot of people would have anticipated. So you know, if we practice penalty kicks and maybe we win that game, maybe we you know maybe we get a little roll. So for me, like, MLS is about just getting to the playoffs, like American sports in general. You just got to get in the playoffs and then and then see what happens.
2: Austin, so the city has really taken on soccer. Where do you think this can go? Do you see Atlanta becoming the premier destination for footballers across the world to come in, integrate, and then maybe even use MLS as a stepping stone just because of I the culture? Think,
1: well, yeah, yeah. I think uh, the way Elaine and I is currently set up, that is definitely where we're going. You know, we have the, we have the uh, new train center opened up just about a year ago now. Um, so you have, you have that. Then you have Mercedes Benz, which is an amazing facility with, um, you know, huge crowds. Uh, you have a front office. I mean, the front office really cannot be understated. I mean, Darren Deal, Negra, Paul McDonough. I, this, that's what they're looking for. They are going into South America and finding these players. they, they understand that. I think they understand that MLS is place in the world. We are a selling league, and if we can get these guys early, like you know, instead of them going to, you know, Velez Sarsfield or wherever, if we can be their first step before they go to, say, Porto or Benfica or a lower Spanish team before they finally make the jump mm-hmm. to a huge club, uh, you know, that's that's how this is going to go. And if we can get, you know, Almiron now, we get them for, you know, this will be a second year. I. You know, I would be at all surprised if he goes in the summer. I mean, that's so you get him for eighteen months, but you make a little chunk of change and you just keep that pipeline going. I I think Atlanta United specifically is set up for that. Uh, and in terms of destination, you know, Atlanta United is a very diverse city. It's a very global city, and, and you know, the uh, the South American that sort of Latin contingent has found a home here. They they can find they can they can be together. They can find you know, uh, you know, fellow whatever, pick your South American country, there are pockets of that all over Atlanta. So uh, in terms of that, I mean, this, this can be a destination in a way that maybe other you know, cities can't.
2: Yeah, I mean, Atlanta is a huge city to begin with, and I mean, there's a big rag on, on Atlanta sports, but Atlanta United, from a soccer perspective, you sit there and you're like, oh, it's really hard to point fun front of them because everybody's just jealous. Everybody wishes that they could go to a stadium and just watch the game and be absolutely sold out.